It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. I tell you what, Rich, here's another week, and it's going by pretty fast, isn't it? President Biden, you know the electioneering, and what a person says when they're running for office uh, is one thing. I've learned over the years. But when they get into office, then what do they do? And I mean, he's using his pen in ways that's interesting to me that they put a fence around the Capitol now. Why? To protect it. That's what they say. They put that big fence around there. But they will not honor a fence across our border. That's very confusing to me. If you won't put a fence across our border to protect the nation from people who are not citizens— and do not come according to our laws, then why on earth put a fence around the Capitol to protect the Capitol from whatever you feel is the risk? What say you? That's a very good argument. There's no, no good reason for that. No. But today we are going to go back a little bit in American history. We're going to just take it from where it seems to be. And as Christians, we're going to ask the Lord to please undertake Whitley Phipps recorded a song. And what do we know about Wendley Phipps? Oh, my goodness. Well, he's a big, powerful gospel singer that yes. has classical sound to his he's voice. He's a black American. Yes. And he sings this song, folks. See if it doesn't fit today's moment. Please grant us peace today and strengthen all who lack the faith to call on thee each day. Heal our land. Please keep us safe and free. Watch over all who understand the need for liberty. Heal our land, heal our land, and guide us with thy hand. Keep us ever on the path of liberty. Heal our land, heal our land, and help us understand that we must put our trust in Thee. If we would be free. Yeah, that's right. The last words were, if we would be free. Rich uh, Abraham Lincoln said, but for the Bible, we could not know right from wrong. All things most desirable for man's welfare are to be found portrayed in it. And now they're taking the name of Lincoln off the high school that my wife Shirley attended when she was a young girl on the West Coast. Isn't that amazing? I read about that. They're taking the names of the founding fathers off of the high schools in San Francisco. Now, Samuel Adams said, impress the minds of men with the importance of educating their little boys and girls in the study and practice of the exalted virtues of the Christian system. That has been removed from our schools for year upon year upon year, maybe probably many decades already. People don't know it because it happens gradually. And so here we are. That's what we're talking about, a little history lesson today. 
Red Skelton was a comedian years ago. Do you remember him at all, Rich? Oh, I sure do. The Red Skelton show, he was a comedian, so on and so on. Yeah, I remember his also. character that he would do called Clem Cadiddlehopper. <laughs> That's right. But he recorded something about the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of America. You know, something the school children, half the college kids don't really think about it or even know about it. This is what Red Skelton recorded years ago. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion, to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? Yeah. Folks, think about that. We're not too far away from that. Think about that. Think about that. You know, America is unique of all the countries of the world because there is no king, there is no ruler. Matter of fact, in Russia, uh, I just read the other day that uh, uh, Putin has been elected now as a lifetime, uh, for a lifetime. 
We don't have that. Our presidents serve four years and then stand for re-election. If you're in the House of Representatives, every two years, you have to stand before the people. And if you're a senator, you have to be re-elected every six years. That is to keep everything equal. Mm -hmm. No branch of government is more powerful than the other, unless they start rotting away and allowing the other to usurp the authority that it was supposed to hold. Everything has to be held in balance, and yet human beings, over time, they start losing sight of that, and we lose our way. Uh, before we go to the meat of this program, should we have a listener comment? Sure, in? Dad, and I'd just like to say the real answer to the turmoil that we're feeling in America right now is a Great Awakening-style revival to sweep across our land and around the world. But when we just pray for powerful preachers to be raised up and people's hearts to be touched, to be receptive to the Word of God, and that many, many yeah. hearts and minds and eyes would be turned to Jesus. But we have some great listeners. Well, we're going to hear from some of them. Yes. Our listener comment line is one 800 Here's one of our listeners from Illinois. I just love Bot Radio Network. My name is Jill from Illinois, and I have told a lot of my parishioners about Bot Radio Network. I have some Alexa devices in several rooms of our large house, and I like to play Bot Radio Network throughout my home 24-7. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Uh, there's so many digital ways to listen to Bot Radio Network now where you can listen literally around the world. Well, let's go over that for just a minute. We have 122 uh, radio stations from Texas going on up into Indiana, right? Right. And then all of these other platforms that tie on to that. So people are listening to us. Goodness sakes, all over the place. On the on your laptop computer, on your let's, your iPad, your iPhone, your your smart speakers. Let's have another one. My name is Miguel. I'm from the United States, Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. I love Bot Radio. I've been listening to it for years, from since I was a young man, and it's really brought me up to speed with God. And I couldn't live without you guys. I mean, you are totally awesome. I love you guys. Don't stop what you're doing. God bless you. Hey, Thank you, Miguel. Hey, Miguel. We love you, too. Yeah, we'd be in a sorry state of affairs if it wasn't for you also. If it wasn't for you hearing us, what difference would it make if we're sitting in the studio talking to this thing that looks like a microphone? Here's another one. My name is Julie, and I live in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I've only been listening for a couple of years, and I enjoy it so much. It's been a great blessing. That's neat. Yeah. I think that's where Oklahoma State University is. Yes, absolutely. i tell you what now. Uh, Francis Scott Key, a name that I hope everybody knows. I hope every student in high school and even in grade school, for heaven's sake, um, if you don't know it and your students don't know it, your your children don't know it, well, that's a shame because he was responsible for giving us our national anthem. Think about that for a moment. Our national anthem is the song as a nation that we sing as American citizens. But how did it come to be? How? 
did it happen? It didn't happen by accident. Listen to this. There was a lawyer once. His name was Francis Scott Key. He penned a song that I'm sure you're aware of. You've seen it. It's in most hymnals throughout our churches. It's called the National Anthem. It is our song as an American. We go, however, to a ball game. We stand in our church services and we sing the words of that song. And they float over our minds and our lips and we don't even realize what we're singing. Most of us have memorized it as a child, but we've never really thought about what it means. Let me tell you a story. Francis Scott Key was a lawyer in Baltimore. The colonies were engaged in vicious conflict with the mother country, Britain. Because of this conflict and the protractedness of it, they had accumulated prisoners on both sides. The American colonies had prisoners and the British had prisoners. And the American government initiated a move. They went to the British and they said, let us negotiate for the release of these prisoners. They said, we want to send a man out to discuss this with you. They were holding the American prisoners in boats about a thousand yards offshore. And they said, we want to send a man by the name of Francis Scott Key. He will come out and negotiate to see if we can make a mutual exchange. On the appointed day in a rowboat, he went out to this boat and he negotiated with the British officials. And they reached a conclusion that men could be exchanged on a one-for-one -one basis. Francis Scott Key, jubilant with the fact that he'd been successful, went down below in the boats and what he found was a cargo hold full of humanity, men. And he said, men, I've got news for you tonight, you're free. He said, tonight I have negotiated successfully your return to the colonies. He said, you'll be taken out of this boat, out of this filth, out of your chains. As he went back up on board to arrange for their passage to the shore, the admiral came and he said, we have a slight problem. He said, we will still honor our commitment to release these men, but it'll be merely academic after tonight. It won't matter. And Francis Scott Key said, what do you mean? He said, well, Mr. Key, he said, tonight we have laid an ultimatum upon the colonies. Your people will either capitulate and lay down the colors of that flag that you think so much of, or you see that fort right over there, Fort Henry? He said, we're going to remove it from the face of the earth. He said, how are you going to do that? He said, if you will, scan the horizon of the sea. And as he looked, he could see hundreds of little dots. And he said, that's the entire British war fleet. He said, all of the gunpowder, all of the armament is being called upon to demolish that fort. It will be here within striking distance in a matter of about two and a half hours. He said, the war is over. These men would be free anyway. He said, you can't shell that fort. He said, that's, that's a large fort. He said, it's full of women and children. He says, it's predominantly not a military fort. He said, don't worry about it. They said, we've left them a way out. And he said, what's that? He said, do you see that flag way up on the rampart? He said, we have told them that if they will lower that flag, the shelling will stop immediately. And we'll know that they've surrendered. And you'll now be under British rule. Francis Scott Key went down below and told the men what was about to happen. And they said, how many ships? He said, hundreds. The ships got closer. Francis Scott Key went back up on top and he said, men, I'll shout down to you what's going on as we watch. 
as twilight began to fall and as the haze hung over the ocean as it does at sunset. Suddenly, the British war fleet unleashed. <clears throat> he says the sound was deafening. There were so many guns that there were no reliefs. He said it was absolutely impossible to talk or hear. He said suddenly the sky, although dark, was suddenly lit. And he says from down below, all he could hear the men, the prisoners, saying was, Tell us where the flag is. What have they done with the flag? Is the flag still flying over the rampart? Tell us. One hour, two hours, three hours into the shelling. Every time the bomb would explode and it would be close to the flag, they could see the flag in the illuminated red glare of that bomb. And Francis Scott Key would report down to the men below, it's still up. It's not down. The admiral came and he said, your people are insane. He said, what's the matter with them? He said, don't they understand this is an impossible situation? Francis Scott Key said, he remembered what George Washington had said. He said, the thing that sets the American Christian apart from all other people in the world is he will die on his feet before he'll live on his knees. The Admiral said, we have now instructed all of the guns to focus on the rampart to take that flag down. He said, we don't understand something. Our reconnaissance tells us that that flag has been hit directly again and again and again, and yet it's still flying. We don't understand that. But he said, now we're about to bring every gun for the next three hours to bear on that point. Francis Scott, he said the barrage was unmerciful. All that he could hear was the men down below praying. The prayer. God keep that flag flying where we last saw it. Sunrise came. He said there was a heavy mist hanging over the land, but the rampart was tall enough. There stood the flag completely nondescript in shreds. The flagpole itself was at a crazy angle, but the flag was still at the top. Francis Scott Key went aboard and immediately went into Fort Henry to see what had happened. And what he found had happened was that that flagpole and that flag had suffered repetitious direct hits. And when it had fallen, but men, fathers, who knew what it meant for that flag to be on the ground, although knowing that all of the British guns were trained on it, walked over and held it up humanly until they died. Their bodies were removed and others took their place. Francis Scott Key said what held that flagpole in place at that unusual angle were patriots' bodies. He penned the song, Oh say can you see by the dawn's early light 
what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Or the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that the flag was still there. Oh say, does that star-spangled banner yet fly and wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. The debt was demanded, the price it was paid.
rich when Alexis de Tocqueville came from overseas in Europe to find out what on earth it is that makes America strong and different and the way it is. And he examined everything, didn't he? The rivers and the oceans and the land and everything. He said it was the churches. I think people listening to this broadcast should know that. He said it's the churches. Pulpits. It's the pulpits of America. Can we pray for revival Amen. in the pulpits of America, starting with each individual Christian? What say you? Amen. Our listener comment line is 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. We sure do love to hear from you folks. This is Dick Bott with my son Rich and another chapter of The Complete Story for you folks. And I'll see you later. 